Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bloom Pod. I'm your host, Lauren Taylor, and I'm so excited to encourage the heck out of you over the next 60-ish minutes. We're having conversations that will ignite your spark and challenge you to embrace your real. We're breaking down barriers and encouraging you to embrace the incredible queen you are. Basically, we're having a giant slumber party and you're going to leave feeling inspired, encouraged to step into your power. So turn up the volume and get ready to bloom with us. Today, we have mama-to-be, fitness nutrition expert, personal trainer, handstand fanatic, and head and neck cancer survivor, Abby Bergman, joins us today on the pod. In addition to being my Aries sister, she is a courageous warrior sharing her story of triumph over adversity. Hi, Abby. Hi, Lauren. You are a beautiful soul, and it is such an honor today to get to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to be here. I'm so happy you asked. I would love for you to share your entire journey. But just to start, let's go back to the beginning. And I would just love for you to speak to your your process from um, receiving the news that you had cancer and then what that process looked like and also taking us through your recovery process as well. Sure. So I was at my prime, at my most fit. I was working for a gym that I absolutely loved and worked really hard to get into. I was feeling amazing. And I had noticed I had um, kind of almost like a canker sore, like on the side back of my tongue, um, and a small, tiny lump right on my neck. And it was one of those things where it wasn't causing too much issue. I kind of ignored it. I kept working. I kept living. And then it got to a point where it just I couldn't ignore it anymore. So I went to the ER one night, and the doctor looked at me. And without taking any tests or anything, he said, yep, you have cancer. And I was floored. I, it hadn't even crossed my mind. It could be something like that. I know when people see a lump, it's like the first thing they think of, but it just, I had no idea. So they told me that I had to go for more testing. It was urgent. We had to be quick. So within that next week, I got biopsies and testing done, and it confirmed I actually had stage four cancer. So I was pretty bad at that point. It had spread from my tongue into my neck, into my lymph nodes. Thank God I live where I live, and I was able to get the best possible care so quickly. So they checked me out. They booked my surgery date. We set up a treatment plan for after, and it kind of just went from there. So we operated. I healed for a few weeks, and then I did chemo and radiation at the same time for seven weeks. Now I'm completely cancer-free in remission. We don't say cancer-free, but I'm in remission. I um, am no longer in treatment, and um, I survived. I'm here. Wow. You are here. You are here. I would love for you to speak to your mindset during that time, because in looking at you today and in following you on social media, you are such a joy. You are such a light, Mm -hmm. and unless you had shared there's really no way to 
see you visually of everything that you've been through thus far. And so can you take us through what was going through your mind at the time of receiving that news during the process and then where your mindset is now? I knew from the very beginning that my mindset was going to control how my body responded, how quickly I could get through it if I could. Um, I had many conversations with my family about how I wasn't even really giving it an option not to make it and not to fight. It was more of, okay, I'm going to fight. Let's figure out how to stay positive through it. I knew from the day I was diagnosed, I was going to beat it, no matter how far along it was or, or how scary the diagnosis seemed. It was kind of just one of those instant, okay, here's my challenge. I have so much experience in overcoming challenges from my past, whether it was training or just life. And I knew I had to get through it. And I knew I wanted to do it in a graceful, helpful way for other people. The only way it kind of made sense to me was if I could use this to help others going through it. Being a young adult, I never smoked. I had no HPV relation. There was just no reason I should have had this. So I... I made a decision that I was going to get through this and I was going to do it as gracefully as possible in the most positive way, doing what feels good to me and what I know will help me. And I have to say, keeping that mindset, knowing that, you know, giving up wasn't an option, definitely, definitely got me through it. You spread so much awareness of, you know, not ignoring health related issues. And I'm so thankful that there wasn't more time after that of, of waiting and, and going to the doctor and everything. But I think there's often, I know I have this and I believe it's called a uh, white coat syndrome where it's, there's this fear surrounding doctors and going to the doctor, making your mm-hmm. appointments and everything, um, especially as women and you spreading that awareness of not ignoring health related issues. What is some encouragement or advice that you can give, especially towards women and making sure that we are making those appointments and that we are checking in with our health? I think that first and foremost, your health is something, you know, to never take for granted. And it's something that we have to work on and strive for just like any other challenge we would take. You know, there's a lot of us who are really good at taking care of other people and those around us. I lived, I worked in a field where it was literally my job to tell you how to feel good. And I had to take a step back and say, what about me? If I'm not practicing what I preach, then I'm not being authentic. I'm not being true to, to the advice I'm sharing with people. So I definitely think that going to any doctor for any issue can be scary, but they're in that position for a reason and they are there to help you and going to the doctor is not going to make anything worse so even if you're scared of that diagnosis it's only going to get better and it's only going to be more helpful you just have to kind of walk through that door and take that first step and can you speak to your support system during this time because I think I've never had anything but maybe a sprained ankle in my life and I'm I'm very very fortunate in that. However, I've had very close family members go through some horrific health-related issues. And I will say it is like a ripple effect of affecting others around you. But I, I do know the most important thing is having that support system. And so can you share a bit and what that support system looked like for you? 
of course. This one might make me cry. I get very emotional. I am the first one to say I am the luckiest person in the world for the support that I had. Um, I had my mom, the second she found out, flew home and moved in with me. So I had a caretaker there 24-7. My partner didn't leave my side, never gave up hope, just continued to fill me with love. My sister flew in as much as she could. And then my friends just in the area were constantly checking in, taking care of me. You know, I, I've always had very close relationships with the people in my life, but it was so insane to watch everyone step up and kind of, you know, like I said, I was used to taking care of everyone else. And then all of a sudden I had this huge amount of love pouring in from every direction. And then going a step further, I decided to be open on social media, which was something I never would have done. But it was the support from sisters like you from Aerie and complete strangers just reaching out saying, hey, you know, I'm here for you. I'm thinking about you. It, it fills you up so much more than you would ever expect. And I truly have to say the support from, you know, my stranger community, people that I don't know personally, was just as helpful as having my loved ones by my side all the time. And I think when you have people rooting for you, and especially people that are important to you, it just makes you want to try harder, and it makes you want to survive that much more. So as much as I did it for myself, of course, I really... When I look back, I, I did it for the people who love me and who I love. And, you know, I knew I couldn't let them down, never mind anyone who was going through something similar or anyone going through any sort of health scare, you know, mental illness, just whatever it may be, whatever struggle or journey you're on. I thought if I can just, you know, show my journey and show it's okay to be vulnerable, then that's what my job is and the support I received from that was just something that still blows my mind to this day it makes you survive even more I that hits that hits my heart so much I can't even imagine one going through that and then I can't imagine going through it alone and when you speak to not only family and community the one thing that I can relate to on that is I remember when my dad had his stroke and the man is an ox. He never gets sick. When I got the call, it was an outer body experience, which I'm sure it could be related to the same way of receiving any sort of horrific news health-wise or anything like that. I I just remember I remember blacking out for a second. And I but I just remember my boyfriend at the time, he like he packed my bags. I was on a plane. My friend, she let me, I had to uh, stay in the city before I could come into my hometown. And so she had like packed these like goodie bag things on the bed for me because I, I don't even remember if I even brought a toothbrush, but she had a toothbrush for me. My online community was there. I mean, it was like a whole, it just felt like a whole big hug. But it also, as you said, it gave that will and encouragement and empowerment and just it it feeds your soul of of that support and especially i'm sure in your position to keep going even seeing you now and the resilience that you have i want to say i mean i i feel like that that's where it bloomed from is your not only of who you are but also your your family and everything and how they support it because that that is a whole toll within itself because not only are they seeing someone who they absolutely love who's absolutely incredible as you are go through something like that but they are 
then pushing past that to help you in every single aspect and avenue. And so during that time and you feeling that love and support, was there ever a time in which you also felt this, any sort of guilt or, or feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm being a burden, this is too much or anything like that. And then if you did, can you walk us through that? I think that most cancer patients feel like that at some point, if not the entire journey of what you're going through. Again, I was much more comfortable taking care of others rather than letting people take care of me. I still live with so much guilt surrounding the whole situation. And, you know, of course, we've talked about it. And it's always the same response of, well, if it were roles reversed, you would have done the same for me. And, you know, this and that. But I can honestly sit here and say that it happened to me for a reason and not mm-hmm. to the people that I love because I don't think I could have handled watching something like that. I say all the time, you know, if it were my sister or someone, you know, someone else in my family and it wasn't me, I don't know how I could have dealt with watching it from afar. It was almost easier for me to be going through it. Um, but especially like during treatment and, you know, when you're in the thick of it, you know, your whole household kind of becomes this like extension of the hospital. We had like, you know, machines everywhere and nurses coming in and, and I knew how hard it was for, you know, especially my boyfriend who was still working at the time. He'd come home and it was almost like there was no relief from it. It was almost like I didn't want to complain too much about how bad I felt. And I'd be careful about how honest I was being, which now looking back didn't really help anyone. I have always felt so guilty for putting everyone through it. But I also think that guilt kind of fed that need to survive and that need to get through it um, because I knew that if they were working that hard to be there for me, I had no choice but to kind of show up for them and come out on the other side knowing that they were the ones who kind of kept me going. And now you're about to be a mama to be and <laughs> <They're my parents. laughs> I still can't believe it. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Your child is not only going to receive so much love when they get to hear your story one day and your resilience one day and to be able to (laughs) 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 Um, to be able to for you to be able to pass down that strength and that resilience oh my gosh you know because this world is tough don't we know it there's so much stuff that gets thrown on us every single day to be able to have that and an example of that, a live example of that, of, to be surrounded in that, that's going to be so magical and such a gift. I know we're like crying right now, but it's out of tears of joy. It is a, it's exciting because you're here and you're, and you're giving life and this life is, it's just going to be everything. And so I would just love for you to share, you know, what was it like receiving the news and how are you feeling now? Of course, we have another crazy story. It was never just like, oh, I feel like I missed my period. No. Actually, during my last PET scan, so every three months I go get scanned to make sure there's no cancer spreading. And one of my surgeons who was in charge of removing every site of cancer from my body went right into maternity leave like a month after my surgery and I hadn't seen her through my treatment. You know, when they told me I had to do chemotherapy, we looked into freezing my eggs, but I didn't have time to do it. And it was something that weighed really heavily on me. I was that person growing up saying, 
you know, career is one thing, but I was put here to be a mom. I, anyone who knows me just knows that was always like my thing. I, I want to be a mom. My surgeon asked me at my last appointment, do you regret not losing your eggs? And of course I was like, yeah, you know, I know there's so many other options now. And I know I'll have that need to be a mom fulfilled. But, you know, it's scary thinking about the fact that that could have been affected by chemo. So time went on, this and that. Um, I kept healing. and then. I had this bout of dehydration and actually had to go back to the ER, which happens ever so often, because I was not, I was actually in New York, I was not in Boston. And I think because they just, it wasn't my team, they ran a few extra tests, they did labs, and a nurse walked in and said, you're pregnant. And I was like, mm, no, not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> She was like, no, you are. Um, she was like, you're only days pregnant at this point. I hadn't missed a period. I was showing no signs. But they also thought that it was ectopic, meaning it was growing outside of my uterus, which is mm-hmm. very dangerous for a mom. Baby, you know, baby can't survive that. Uh, mom's life was threatened at that point. So I had to go in for emergency surgery right then and there. You know, another one, which is going under is obviously traumatic for me. So it was just this whole wave of emotions I was not ready for. They were asking me all these questions about what I want to do with the remains of the baby and what do I want to do about it. And I was like, I'm not pregnant. What are you talking about? So we went in for surgery. They ended up seeing a very regular looking cyst in my uterus. But at that point, it was kind of like, well, we don't really know. You might be pregnant, you might not be. It might be in your uterus, we don't know. It's unlocated. So for a couple of weeks, we were kind of just in this limbo of what's about to happen. Is my life in danger again? Could this be possible that it might be okay? And then, you know, we followed up with um, high-risk OBs. And I, again, got the best team available. And from then on, it's just been a very, knock on wood, regular, normal, healthy pregnancy in the uterus. Baby's growing very strong. Building mom back up too. Yeah, they always say um, if you're sick when you get pregnant sometimes, growing cells for your baby can help heal you too. And I've never felt stronger. I've never felt better. And I know how lucky I am that my body was still able to even get pregnant after chemo. Of course, it's something I've always wanted. So it was just one of those light at the end of the tunnels. Okay, this is why I survived. This is why I made it through. And thank God I did because... Now we have a baby girl on the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh that that just gave me goosebumps. I'm that's everything. That's everything. Everything. It really is everything. Oh goodness. And I know that she's gonna probably be like an Aerie ambassador in the future. I have no doubt in of that. Course. Of course she is. She already loves Aries. She lives in it. Yeah, she's gonna be a strong woman. She's coming from two Two people who have been through a lot in their lives and have come out on the other side. And, you know, my partner and I both always strive to be better and to be grateful and appreciative of everything around us. And we just can't wait to fill her with love and to experience all of the joys and all of the excitement of parenthood. My cousin, she just had her first baby and he is... Oh, thank you. He is such a cutie. I had to spend a bit of time with him. And it was hilarious to me because I've always gone back and forth between like, do I want kids? Do I not want kids? And I, um, I used to want like a whole football team, like not, (laughs) (laughs) 
like Abby, like full out. Like I was just like, oh yeah, like football team, basketball team. I'm here for it. Uh, I've scaled it back to like three. Yeah. Then I also, I feel like now I'm in this place, you know, if, if God, the universe is like, okay, like you're going to have kids. If not, okay. Like finding peace in both as you and your partner and so many other, you know, parents who are just so filled with love where I'm like, oh no, you guys need like 10, 20 kids because so many Mm -hmm. kids need that love. It's, it's really, really beautiful, beautiful to see. And there's so much fun with parenthood as well too, from what I've heard from everyone. Oh yeah. It's funny that you say that too, because my boyfriend was actually adopted. And it was a close adoption, so he knows nothing about his family, has never had, like, a blood relative. So, you know, never mind this being my first kid. This is his first family member, which to me is, like, I couldn't have thought of a better gift to give him after what he just went through with me. You're like, okay, he does. And he deserves it more than anyone to have, you know, family and love. And I'm so lucky that. You know, after he's stuck by my side, this is what I can do for him now. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how serendipitous is that, though? Like, how? That is, that's like, that's that's a full circle moment right there. And what mm-hmm. a gift. I mean, Abby, like, you are a gift. You're already a gift to him, but but so that, <laughs> you are. <laughs> But that, but even more so to a gift to the both of you and especially after everything. And thank you so much for sharing that. That's of course, of course. That's incredible. So with everything and all the magic that you are, you know, on your social media, again, as I said, you, you are such a light and such a joy and you are really creating this movement of, of love. And I would just love for you to share, you know, your mission and your your impact with your community online and um, really how you're sharing your story in the world and, and where you hope to take it. Sure. So I've always been big on self-care, self-love. Um, and I think going through what I went through kind of, it almost like stripped me of that. And I felt like I had to, I felt like a completely different person post-cancer. And I felt like I had to relearn how to love myself. But I can say that I have gotten there and I am happy and I am confident and, you know, which I never thought I would be looking like this, sounding like this. I thought once they took my tongue out and gave me all these scars, I would be like a very introverted, quiet, kind of like back in the corner person. But I haven't changed a bit. I still want to spread light. I still want to help and teach anyone who needs it how to just feel good how to you know wake up proud of themselves and how to get through their day coming home feeling satisfied and being fulfilled and and just being I think being proud of yourself is really like my life motto that I want to just help people with how to be proud of yourself what does that look like how does that feel and I think just spreading that light of you know well if I can love myself like this then anyone can love themselves anyway and that's that's kind of my whole message that perspective is needed and I think you know through your story and everything and so because we I mean we are are always our biggest critics and we are always putting you know, we, we do put additional pressure on ourselves, whether it comes through our looks and how we carry ourselves, how we interact with people, everything in between. And so just to see someone who has gone through what you've gone through and to still find 
joy to still find love for who you are, embracing who you are, that is so eye-opening. And it, and as you said, it makes us feel like, oh, we can do that. Like it is possible. That is something in which can bloom into so many phenomenal things. Because mm-hmm. I think that the moment that we start to believe in us, believe in ourselves and embrace us and, and love every part of ourselves, there it's like there's nothing stopping you from whatever you want to do, from whomever you want to be. It's a freeing feeling. When I turned 30, to me, it was a light switch because I felt like for so long, I was just boggled down with the opinions of others wanting to be accepted, just, oh my gosh, and and relationships and just, just and generational trauma and like so many things. And I just think that I, I kept being told when you, when you're 30, like you're going to just start to let go. You're not going to care. You're going to feel free. You're going to feel like just sexy and good and just all these things. And Oh, I feel like that like times a hundred and I, oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I love that. And so, and that's why it, in following someone like yourself, it's, it's so good to see whether it's on my timeline or in the work that you do of that, because I think the more that you can surround yourself with people like that and a community like that, and then also pouring that back into yourself it's like, it just, it feels like that soul family that you've always wanted. And it feels like, oh, I, I can really just move forward in life with that confidence and that love for myself. And it's such a, such a beautiful thing. You know, life is about perspective and it's also about choices. And I could wake up every day dreading, you know, on just everything that's happened to me on my physical changes, my mental changes, but I choose not to, and I choose to look for what I do love and what I do accept and what I do appreciate about myself. And I think that, again, maybe it took going through cancer for me to really clearly see that. But when I look in the mirror, again, I, I ask myself and I, I give myself a choice. Do I want to focus on the negative or when I look for the positive? My best friend once said to me, you know, the way you speak to yourself, would you ever talk to me like that? And I was like, wow, why don't I speak to myself like I would talk to my best friend? You know, if she calls me and says, oh, I don't, you know, I don't feel great. I don't love yourself. Of course, I'm going to fill her with confidence and fill her with love and tell her, well, you know, look at you from that. And that looks great. And we love that about you. And I realized I should be doing that for myself more than anything else. And yeah, it's hard and it takes effort every day, but I make that choice to find what I love and find what feels good for me. And I think that it helps me keep going. And that is truly nutrition for the soul. And so in speaking of nutrition, I want to get into (laughs) all of the nutrition questions because I, the one thing that I have struggled after high school was what I'm putting in my body and, and, you know, eating habits and everything, because I've always come from a family. I mean, we love our soul food. We love like, you know, (laughs) all the good yummy stuff, but, and I, and I definitely, I know with my body, like I got really into not listening to my body and more so of, um, especially even during like the pandemic and everything, oh my gosh, depression, anxiety, like took over. And it was just Mm -hmm. like food basically became this thing of, I would, okay, morning, I 
get my breakfast. I get my lunch. I get my dinner. I don't want to call it crap, but it was just, it was like constant junk food. It was just constant, Mm -hmm. like not good. And so when we speak about nutrition and what's good for our bodies, how do you help to navigate that where it doesn't become an unhealthy, you know, conversation of like, oh, all you have to eat is vegetables. Because obviously now like you, you should always have a balance, but how do you navigate these conversations so that, and what can we also take away from that to put into our own lives when we're looking at nutrition and what we're putting in our bodies? So I think it stems back to having balance in every aspect of your life. I think, you know, we do have to have some control and, knowing we shouldn't be eating fast food every single night for dinner. But if you're craving it one night and that's what you want, have what you want. Have everything that you want in moderation, you know, whether it's once in a while or just a little bit here and there. I'll never tell anyone to diet. I don't believe in cleanses. I don't believe in any restrictions. Of course, if you have an allergy or you feel better not eating something, go for it. Do what feels right. But when it comes down to it, the best piece of advice I can give is go back to the earth and where your food comes from and i almost think of it as like the least processed you can eat the better Mm. for you and your soul and the better you're going to feel so that doesn't mean you know don't have sweets don't have this have whatever you want but try and have the natural form of it so some of us will go eat out every night pick your favorite meal make it at home know what ingredients you're putting inside um and again just go for the more natural version of it you know we can have anything we want um and it doesn't have to be bad for us and i think that restricting only makes that harder and scarier to deal with and it makes you want that bad thing even more um so i just say go back to your roots go back to where your food came from anything that grows from the earth that hasn't been processed is the best thing you could put in your body and that makes so much sense i have seen videos where people have spoken about literally everywhere but America where it is natural foods that they're eating. They can eat it all day long and they're, you know, they're feeling great versus we're in America. I just feel like it is nothing but process, like constantly really, really like over-processed foods. And Mm -hmm. so that makes so much sense. And I didn't even think of that way because I also, I hate restrictions. I don't want to, this is not the same across the board, board, but from my experience, I've had a pretty healthy relationship with food. Like I've, I've always tried my, my mom actually was very adamant. We didn't have um, a scale in the house. We couldn't even say the word diet. Like she was very, yeah, she was very strict about that. And I'm, I was really appreciative of that. As I've gotten older though, the one thing that I, I had wish and, and something I'm, I'm working on now, but it's the confidence in cooking because I think Cooking always seems so daunting to me. And I'm just like, I just want to really eat something quick. And it also seems like, I don't know if I can actually figure this out. I know there's cookbooks out there, follow directions, the whole thing. But like, I, I don't know, it could just be a me thing. But I just feel like, ugh, I just really don't feel like doing this. But I do think that it is important to do that. Because as you said, to know what's going in your body, because you can't like, for example, I love me some McDonald's. I I will, if I'm craving McDonald's one day, I will, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't see them. I can't necessarily see everything that's going in there or how it's all processed and the whole thing. So, and as you said, that, that part isn't so important and also in just in taking care of ourselves in general. So in terms of is there any advice that you can give in having more confidence in 
taking control of uh, having more confident in like cooking or like what goes into your food or any advice that you can share in that area? Yeah, I think that, you know, taking it day by day is important and lowering expectations on yourself is very helpful. Anyone I work with, you know, I don't expect them to eat perfectly right away. I don't ever expect them to eat perfectly, whatever that might look like. But just trying, knowing you try, I think at the end of the day is everything. So whether twice a week you're trying to cook something or, you know, you're eating out less or you're choosing ingredients, you know, are very high nutrients for you. Those small little micro choices will eventually build this platform, this life of learning how to fuel yourself in a way that makes you feel really good. Um, when it comes to cooking, you know, some of us love it, some of us hate it. I am like you and I'm not always in the mood, but um, I try and make it fun for myself. So, you know, I'll put music mm-hmm. on, I'll find meals that I'm actually excited to eat. And I think that's really helpful is being excited about the food you're choosing. I think it's so disheartening when people walk in just like go to a salad bar being like, I hate salad, but I'm going to yes. eat this. Like, it's like, okay, well, if you don't like it, then don't do it. Being able to just try things, but also having that opportunity to taste and try new things, especially as adults, is really important. So, you know, foods I used to hate or I used to love are so different for me now. I remember my mom cooking Brussels sprouts growing up, and I just remember hating the smell. I wouldn't go near them for, like, my yes. whole life. Now they're, like, my favorite food. Like, I love them. Same. So I think that, yeah, I just, you know having the guts to try something new and even if you're not someone who loves healthy food or natural food just give it a try see what you think you know people will say to me oh well you know i see you eating salads a lot i don't even like lettuce but when i think of a salad half of mine don't even have lettuce i'll have like vegetables and carbs and you know everything that i love that's good in nutrients for me but also call it a salad, you know, who cares? But I found what I liked and I found what makes me happy. And I think that taking a step back and trying to have fun with it is really helpful. I also love the idea of this all to feel good, right? Because I know typically when we think about from, again, from society, when we think about nutrition is then associated with diet, which then is associated with like diet culture and like losing weight and, you know, all this stuff, but really nutrition, your nutrients for your body to, to strengthen it, to feel good, to help it keep going. Cause it's doing a whole lot of work, a whole mm-hmm. lot of work. If we can keep that mindset front and center and block out the <laughs> the rest, then it, it feels more obtainable. And it, and it, as you said, even making it fun, because I love playing music uh, in general. So like playing music while cooking, which my family and I, when for Thanksgiving, we do that all the time. We have like a whole uh, lip, thank you, a lip singing video going on. It's great. Or lip singing contest going on. And it's great. Just having that good energy surrounding it and yeah, not making it feel daunting. I, I, I love that. Love that so much. As you're, you know, sharing if you could just visualize, where do you, you see your community or yourself, let's just say like within the next year, like are there any dreams or goals or impacts that are really placed on your heart that you are wanting to do? Honestly, I think it just comes down to to helping people. I want anyone to reach out, whether it be about nutrition, about health, about feeling good, you know, 
I feel like I've had a lot of practice in learning what feels good to me and learning how to fuel myself and, you know, understanding the whole balanced diet, not restricting and, and, you know, taking the time to actually weed out, okay, this helps, that doesn't, that feels great, mm, don't really love that. If I can just take that knowledge and keep spreading it to, to anyone who wants or needs it, that's really my goal. I also just want to, uh, I guess, keep surprising myself in, in ways like this where, you know, I assume that I would never be speaking publicly again, but here I am with you on a podcast. Yes. My surgeon actually asked me to speak for the Harvard Medical Grand Rounds this year, which is like Abby. huge. I know, I know. So that will be in February. And I just feel like I don't have anything specific that I'm working towards, but I feel that these opportunities are just like almost falling into my lap because I'm willing to do that work. And because I'm so passionate about my message and, and spreading that that light in the world, I think that, you know, it's kind of all coming back to me. And I don't want to say an easy way, but I find that these opportunities are just opening doors wide open for me to meet new community and help new people. And in doing that, it helps me grow and, you know, being inspired by people like you and everyone we work with and, you know, those on social media who just want to spread the light. That fills me up so much. And that's really all I care to do in this world is just keep spreading light. Yes. Oh, my gosh I'm so excited for you and Abby I mean your voice is needed it's needed thank you there's going to be so many more opportunities for you and again to um, amplify your story and to have you amplify others as well too and, and their stories and their hearts and everything and this has just truly been an honor so thank you so much where can everyone find you so you can find me. I'm really only on Instagram. I'm not big in the tech world. I don't love social media, but I am big on Instagram. Um, it's just Abby Bergman, my first and last name. I'm very public, very open. Again, like I said, I'm an open book, so people can ask me whatever they want. I will tell you and be honest about everything. So yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much for blooming with us today, Abby. You are a phenomenal woman. And honestly, I mean, I every time I, I hear a phenomenal woman, I also think Whitney Houston, the every like every woman and oh yes. that song, theme song mm-hmm. of our lives. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And thank you all so much for listening as well. Please go and follow Abby and just everything that she's doing. She is truly I'm, I'm again, I'm so grateful that you're my airy sister and truly just sister and friend in real life too. And just thank you all so much again for listening and we'll see you next time. And that wraps up another episode of the bloom pod. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation. Seriously, every single one always becomes our newest favorite. At Helen Blue Media, it is our number one mission to make sure that all women feel seen, heard, and included. If you aren't already, we would love for you to go give Hello Blue Media a follow on Instagram. You can find us at Hello Blue Media or at www.hellobluemedia.com. Until next time, everyone. Bloom, Bloom on. on.